Welcome to the Youngin Cotisol podcast. My name is Greg Lewis. I'm sure I have said this before, but it bears repeating. One of the joys of making a podcast is the opportunity to sit down one-to-one with someone you admire. Today, I am talking with Lindsay Heron, chairperson of the 2022 Cotisol International Conference, being held Saturday, April 30th to Sunday, May 1st. I, uh, great to see you, by the way. Oh, nice to see you too. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's been almost a little, just a little bit more than a year when I interviewed you and Michael. Yeah, I guess uh, at this time last year our conference was starting, wrapping up. February third was our our interview. In interviewing people, I, I've interviewed I don't know ten or twelve people that are related to um, to Cotisol. And in talking to them, uh, if they hit a bump where they just don't know, they they just almost immediately go, "You just have to talk to to Lindsay." Um, that's a, a almost a given. I can almost expect it to happen. So I was going to ask you. So how did you first get involved in Cotisol? Well, you know, I've been interested for a long time in improving my teaching. So almost as soon as I arrived in Korea, I started looking for professional development opportunities. You know, I came here as a completely, uh, complete novice to education, really. I I would say completely untrained, except I had my Fulbright ETA orientation training. And that's all I had under my belt when I started teaching. Unfortunately, at the time, there wasn't a chapter of Kotisol in Jeju-do. Uh, so as soon as I moved to Gwangju, I looked it up online and started attending the meetings. Uh, the, I didn't really get involved in volunteering for Kotisol, though, until the 2012 National Conference. Uh, that conference was held in Busan. And there was a social dinner following the conference. So I decided, you know, I had nothing better to do. Why not just tag along? Uh, And I went to this dinner and started talking with some of the national conference organizers. And they were lovely. I was so intimidated by Cotiso leadership. You know, they, they were these august persons with lots of experience in ELT and leaders in this national organization. I thought they would be very scary and unapproachable, but they were fantastic, very friendly, very open, very welcoming. And I really enjoyed talking with them and then going out afterwards to a bar and drinking with them. Uh, And so that immediately made Cotisol much more accessible to me. And at the same time, I had run into David Schaefer at the National Conference. He was the Kwangju chapter president at the time, and he recognized my face. So he contacted me after the National Conference and asked if I would like to write a review of the conference for the English Connection. So I did, and he liked it. So he contacted me a month or so later asking, hey, would you like to volunteer for the International Conference? And of course, I said yes, and the rest is history. I've made great friends with the Cotisol leadership and had a great time volunteering ever since 2012. 
Wow. Well, well I, and actually, now that I, I listened to that, I do recall you telling me about that in our last interview. I think it got edited out in, <laughs> to stick with the, with the IC story, I guess. But uh, that's, that's very interesting. And, and so what about people that are not as gregarious as you and who just want to dip their toe in the water? Or oh, is well, that even first possible? First of all, Oh, it's absolutely possible. But first of all, I want to tell you a secret. I am not gregarious. I'm actually an introvert or an Hmm. extroverted introvert, I guess you could say. Uh, So I would encourage people to just look at what Cotisol does and think about where you might be able to contribute within your comfort zone, or perhaps you feel like learning a new skill and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Uh, contact one of the people in charge and just tell them you're interested. We will definitely find out a way to use your skills or train you up so that Mm -hmm. you can do new things. Best of all is if you have a specific idea for a project or for a specific way to improve Cotisol, because we don't always have projects waiting for volunteers, but if you come to us with an idea we will support it and give you the materials and help you need to get that underway. We love those kind of concrete ideas and we'll support whatever we need to do to make it happen. Within reason, well, I, I guess. I, <laughs> well, I can vouch for that uh, because that's exactly what I did. I thought I want to do a podcast to promote Cotisol and, and the Young In Chapter embraced that wholeheartedly. So, uh, Right. Well, we're really big on contributing in personally meaningful ways. Cotisol really does go beyond professional development to personal development. And I've honestly attained a lot of skills that I did not have before I got involved in Cotisol. Wow. Or you had them and they brought it to the surface. I had maybe the interests, let's say, and the proclivities, but definitely haven't had a chance before to you know, make a website as we're pretty much doing for the international conference this year. I'm working in detail behind the scenes with, you know, the Edzilla online platform. And I am one of the web editors for the Cotisol website, you know, so it's, there's a lot of uh, ways, a lot of skills that people can develop if they're interested. You have been involved with the international conference for a while, um, a number it's of years. It's been a decade, yeah. A decade, wow, that goes a fast, decade. It? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. And the last time I talked to you, you were you were the co-chair, Michael was the chair, correct? Right, right. Right. And uh, at that time, at that interview almost a, a year ago, there was some joking around. I think uh, Michael liked to joke around. And uh, and you actually, I remember you saying, it's not hard to make me laugh. And, <laughs> right. And, and I thought, okay, that's his co-chair. What about now as the chair? Is, is it still true today as the chair that you're just as easy to make laugh? I think so. I mean, in general, uh, these days, it's a little, possibly a little more difficult because it is uh, so stressful at this particular time of year between all of the conference things happening, preparing for the new semester. I just came back from the U.S., so I had to go through all of the Korean quarantine uh, hoops that they make you jump through. Uh, I'm still working on my doctorate. Actually, it hasn't progressed at all (laughs) since last year. But I don't know. I I really enjoy laughing. And I think 
life is and people are funny in a lot of different entertaining ways. So the short answer is yes, it's it's still easy. <laughs> so so then it you you did mention it's a little bit challenging with everything thing that's going along. So how is preparations for the uh, internet 2022 international conference coming along? They're actually going along beautifully. Uh, everything is just oh. progressing swimmingly, I guess you could say. We have uh, about eight participants in our graduate student showcase this oh, year. Um, we've sent out acceptance notifications. So our presenters are in the process of revising their abstracts and uh, finalizing their abstracts and then registering for the conference. Um, soon, I think March 1st, we hope to open up registration to all attendees. So everything is going really well. We have several sponsors for the conference already and a lot of enthusiasm for our uh, online conference this year, actually. But yes, it's, it's going fantastically. <laughs> I think that is that because of the success of the, the last international conference? I think it's a variety of things, but a big part of it is that Cotisol has a demonstrated track record of hosting outstanding online events. You know, be, not just last year's international conference, but also our national conference is a big That's part true, of right. it. Right. And we've got a great lineup of speakers, too. And we're able to, I think, uh, recruit an even wider pool than usual of speakers because they don't have to travel all the way to Korea. They're going to be online. So I think it's going to be a very interesting conference and a little bit different from anything we've done before. Well, I like theme, like the theme more than words, teaching for a better world. I really Thanks. like it. I, I'm curious where, like when you came up or you or whoever came up with that, um, what were you thinking when you like what what? Does that mean to you, those two parts, more than words and uh, teaching for a better world? And, and what, what did you want that to communicate to others? I think there's a lot kind of layered into that particular theme. It's something that is uh, really important to me personally, uh, when I first started doing my master's degree ages and ages ago in literacy, culture, and language education, we actually read uh, a few pieces about why do research. In one of my first inquiry classes, that was one of the main questions, why do research? And a few of the pieces argued, if you, if you aren't doing research to improve well-being in some way, then maybe that's not good research. Maybe that's not research you need to be doing. So that's, I think, an idea that has informed my teaching and informed my professional development kind of uh, resonates with me a lot. Why are we teaching? Why are we doing professional development? What are we doing to improve the world in some way? So that's something that I would like to pull out. I think it's also in response to some of the pushback uh, the Cotisol National Council has gotten over the years from only a few members who were not pleased when we developed, for example, our social justice SIG or our environmental justice SIG or the uh, people of color teachers SIG. You know, we mm -hmm. have these more social justice oriented special interest groups 
and a few members were not pleased with that. So their idea was that we are teachers. We should be teaching language and that's it. Language should not be political. I think what they weren't really realizing is that everything is political. I don't mean that in, you know, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. Right, right. Teaching is a political act. Everything you bring to the classroom is informed by your own positionality, your own beliefs about pedagogy even. I mean, are you, are you doing a lecture approach? Are students interacting? That's a political decision. And what we everything we do is informed by that in our perspectives and our lives. So what I'd like to bring forward through this conference is the idea that we're not just robots teaching language, but instead we can choose to use more engaged pedagogies. We can take more humanistic approaches. We can use equity frameworks and critical perspectives and humanizing practices in our classes. That's really what we do. So it's not just teaching words. It's not just memorizing. And by the way, there's no such thing as just teaching words. Even the words you choose, the topics you choose, the way you choose to teach, the vocabulary, that's informed by your personal beliefs and personal pedagogies. So why not bring to it a perspective that is interested in improving the world in some way? Well, I love your enthusiasm. I love your passion. <laughs> and I love that you're asking those questions. Why, why, why? Like, uh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's so, it's so nice. It's refreshing. And I'm uh, a little bit shocked, but I guess, you know, the, uh, that people would be questioning why you would want to do anything other than just talk about grammar or, you know, just teaching right. the language. Right. Well, languages. I, I was shocked, honestly. Yeah. Huh. That's that's that is interesting, you know. To to be honest, the uh, um, the first part of the theme, uh, more than words. I don't know whether you intended this or not, but as soon as I saw that, I've got the extreme <laughs> song yeah. going through my head. Was there was that part of your sort of to catch people? Well, that was that was part of it, honestly. Uh, partly okay. to catch people, and partly because that just. It seemed to really make a lot of sense in terms of what we're trying to move beyond, you know, and, and mm -hmm. looking at it in a, in a broader, uh, more inclusive way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I, I'm, I'm inspired to, uh, to read. I, I, on the, just so listeners know, you have the full description about the, uh, the International Conference on the Cotisa website. And when you go in there, you I think it's a message from you. You wrote a, a message right. from the, the, the chair and uh, you quote uh, Carl Hostetler and, right. and David Hansen in that. And uh, it, I thought, oh, there's some interesting reading. It reminded me of uh, Freire. I'm not sure I'm saying mm. his name right. Right. For, yeah. I, I've heard it Freire, Freire but Freire. I, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> It's one of it's one of those those uh, uh, discussions, just like Cotisol, Cotesol, right? So, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was inspired by that. I thought uh, that's this is a well thought out, and um, it's you know it's kind of funny when I first started thinking of things to talk to you about. I thought 
she's very academic, just from the your list of accomplishments, mm. academic accomplishments. And I thought she's very academic, but this has such a human touch to it that I don't know. I I thought this is something that or another side to you or another part that's uh, I'm very interested in, in learning more about. Oh, thanks. I actually don't consider myself all that academic, but I appreciate that perspective. I try to appear that way, certainly. If you want people to take you seriously when you're making this kind of argument, you need the academic credentials and the academic vocabulary and arguments to really be able to back it up. Right. So right. I think that's Agreed. a big part of it. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great job in, in getting it off the ground. And I'm so glad to hear that the whole international conference is going smoothly. At this time, I thought, oh, this could go either way. It could be just <laughs> ah, pulling your hair out or it could be going smoothly. And I'm sure there are good days and bad days. But. Oh, definitely. But we've got a great team. You know, our, our program team right now is is working really, really hard on uh, getting the presenters all signed up and registered and, and starting to make the schedule. Our, our GSS coordinator is uh, also on the program team. So that's Kirsten Razek, who's handling the GSS. She's definitely got things progressing very well there. And Michael Free is our program chair. Oh, sorry. GSS. That's the Graduate <laughs> School shoot Showcase. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, those are grad students who are Cotisel members who would like a little extra mentorship through the entire presentation process. So we've actually got uh, mentors assigned to them who are going to help them polish their abstracts and polish their uh, presentations before the conference. And then they'll all present in one solid block of time during the conference itself. We're also hoping that at least some of the GSS people will be able to participate in a panel about grad school and about doing research as a grad student. Mm. That could be really interesting, uh, the panel discussion. Oh, it should be. I hope. Well, it's, uh, your, it's still, it's still gelling. A lot of stuff is coming together sure. still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I ask uh, also, uh, you were in co-chair of... FAB11, and that's another acronym. I, I just have a thing about acronyms as an outsider. <laughs> so FAB11 is? That was uh, First Annual Brain Day is what FAB is. And that's actually part of the Neuro ELT. I guess they're officially now a SIG for JALT. And that's back, that's um, Curtis Kelly and company working to create a neuro-ELT-oriented, I don't think it was a conference at the time, but kind of a symposium, and they called it their first annual brain day, or FAB. And by the time we contacted them, they had had more than one first annual brain day. They had had several, I believe, but we invited them to collaborate with us on that conference, and it was a two-day national conference event so the first day was mostly Cotisel presenters, and the second day was mostly neuro-ELT-oriented presenters from FAB, although there was a nice mixture of, of things. So it's international then, I mean, Japan, Korea. It was technically our national conference, but yes, in collaboration oh. internationally. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I just saw that and I thought FAB 11. I'm assuming that's 2011, is that right? Right. So that was the 11th first annual Brain Day conference. And our 2017 
National Conference. I don't mean to get off track onto that, but uh, I did see it there and I thought FAB, what a great acronym, first of all, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wondered what it actually it meant. Yeah, It is. Well, you can thank Curtis Kelly and Robert Murphy for that, I believe. Okay. I think there should be like a, I can see a game. I'm starting to develop a game for all these acronyms uh, within Cotisol. <laughs> Cotisol acronym. We actually do have a reference list of them. Uh, somewhere on the website. I don't think it has FAB in there, but or GSS for that matter. That's a fairly new thing we've started implementing, the Grad we, Student Showcase. There, there's there's a job for somebody to update the acronym list. <laughs> it is a great acronym list in, in the, uh, on the Cotiso, uh website. In our last interview a year ago, uh, you talked about starting teaching high school in Sogipo and Jejudo. And uh, you said teaching high school boys for three years was amazing. Amazing, you said. It was amazing. <laughs> and you, Well, you, you described them as very energetic and enthusiastic when not sleeping in class. And you said you had a great <laughs> time together. And while you were saying that, Michael Free was rolling his eyes, I think, because he was thinking of middle school students at that in that conversation. <laughs> that could be. Uh, um, but you said you had stories. You said, oh, I've got stories. And so I was wondering if you have time for one of your high school boys story. Oh my gosh. There are really so many. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> to tell the story? You can have all the time you like. So probably one of my most memorable trios of high school boys that I taught, I taught for two years, and they became known as my bungi boys. They were the craziest group of troublemakers ever. It started one day when they were freshmen, their first semester with me, when I was trying to prepare them for a, a game in class. They were filling out a worksheet, and one of the students in this particular class raises his hand, and he says, teacher, I'm against... I said, you're against it? Huh, do it anyway. And he says, teacher is king, right? I said, yes, I am the king. Do the worksheet now, please. And he says, teacher, revolution. We are bongi. And I looked it up later. Bongi hada means literally to overthrow or to have a revolution. Uh, so I started calling them this particular trio, my bongi boys. And they would come to class and do just the craziest things. Um, one of them, <laughs> one of them was sitting in the back of the classroom one day and just started shouting uh, what he thought were insults, I guess. He's like, teacher, do you know how old you are? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> teacher, teacher, you are son of bitch. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm a girl. I'm a daughter of bitch, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, <laughs> Then I realized he kept looking into his desk. And after he left that day, I, I checked it. I checked inside his desk. And there was a little cheat sheet of insults written in Korean and translated into English, which I was extremely gratified to find because it means he's using English. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he came in the next week and, and I pulled him to the side and I said, did you forget something? And I held up his little cheat, cheat sheet of insults. And he goes, no, it's okay. I have another one. <laughs> he brought out <laughs> a fresh paper full of insults. 
So they, new they were kind of crazy. And they were new ones, I believe. I think he oh, forgot to, um, to actually say them much in that class because he was actually really engaged in the activity. Yeah, they were insane. They, but finally, after a full semester of those kind of pranks and craziness, they did bring me a birthday cake on my birthday. Wow. And uh, I thought that was really sweet. But they made sure just to remind me that this didn't mean they liked me. They sang happy birthday, fucking Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a photo. I took a photo of them with me and the cake. And sure enough, one of them has his middle finger raised in the air. So <laughs> yeah, I still keep in touch with one of them on Facebook sometimes. And uh, when I go back to Sogipo, I do uh, get in touch with at least one of them. That must be very cool because that was how many years ago? Oh, gosh. Uh, You've been 2008 left, at Gwangju. Right. That was, it was 2005 to 2008 that I was in Sogipo. So it's been, what, 14 years? So that, that little boy is now a young man out in the world. He is. He, he has a job. He has a career. My boys have careers now and they're married <laughs> and having children, which is crazy. I can hardly believe they even know how to drive, you know? <laughs> they're, they're just little kids as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Yeah. But and I do keep in touch with the good ones as well. You know, the the students who actually seem to enjoy my class and didn't yell insults at me. Oh, oh, I think that those ones enjoyed <laughs> your class, even if they're not showing it, willing to show it. Uh, I think they really did. They probably loved it. <laughs> I hope so. The the one that I do keep in touch with uh, sometimes did apologize. You know, many years later, he's like, "I'm mm. so sorry." <laughs> I told him I thought it was funny, but they were definitely a headache this trio and they were together all four semesters that I taught them it was all three of these crazy boys all together in the same class every time it was a trial by fire as a teacher I think I mean that that kind of speaks to your um your character that you would uh, you know go with the flow on that kind of stuff <laughs> that's great well you can't <laughs> let people know they get to you right Right. That's great. I was expecting that you found something in the cake. I wasn't expecting the the happy birthday version <laughs> that they sang. <laughs> That's great. No, the cake was delicious. That was totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for, for telling that story. And uh, it really does speak, <laughs> speak to you and, and what you do at Kotisal and what you bring to it. So uh, thank you oh, so thank much. You. <laughs> um, is there a question that I've not asked that I should have asked. Uh, can I take a moment to highlight some of our invited speakers? Absolutely, please. Uh, so actually, the first thing I want to mention is that we do have a pre-conference special plenary uh, organized for April 29th. That's Friday night. And we're getting uh, Anurag Gupta, Anu Gupta from Be More With Anu to uh, come and do a special plenary on uh, building a better world by breaking bias. Now, Anu actually used to teach in Korea. He was a Fulbright ETA in Korea. So he knows about our situation. And since his time in Korea, he has gotten a, a He's gotten a law degree. He's gotten a master's in philosophy. He's opened up his own company, founded his own company, Be More, mm -hmm. which is dedicated to a science-backed, compassion-based approach that trains uh, different 
organizations and uh, professionals in how to overcome conscious and unconscious bias. So he's coming in and uh, doing that special plenary for us on how educators can uh, identify conscious versus unconscious bias and uh, how they can overcome it in their own lives. Um, We've also got some amazing speakers, and I tried to reach outside of ELT for our invited speakers as well, because a big part of teaching for a better world is disrupting traditional narratives about what learning is and what learning a language and demonstrating mastery really looks like. So uh, coming from outside the field of ELT, we have Kurt Squire and Constance Steinkuhler, who are two people I've really admired since my master's degree days. Uh, They both work in games and cognition. So they're actually going to be presenting about uh, the ways games are related to learning and literacy, uh, including esports. So I think that'll be really interesting and a little bit outside the box for participants. We also have some people uh, presenting on eco-linguistics, which I honestly uh, didn't know was a thing until I started thinking more deeply and researching more deeply about this conference. We have people presenting on uh, compassion and students, uh, you know, how you can show compassion, not just to your students, but to yourself as well. We have somebody presenting on teacher well-being. We have some representatives from the Global South coming in. We have uh, basically, you know, check out our featured speakers page because we've got uh, peace linguistic scholars and eco-linguistics and um, critical hope. Uh, Stacy Martin, Stacy B. Martin is presenting on applying critical hope in research and the classroom. So I think... Mm-hmm. The topics will be a little different from the norm, but also extremely gratifying on a personal and professional level. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it sounds great. And for people to access that list and to see uh, what's going on and to register, you said they can participants can start to register March. March 1st is the plan. Okay, and so how do they get to where they would register? Well, they just need to go to the creatisel.org slash IC2022, 2022. So that's the International Conference 2022 website. Okay. And they can also just, they can just go to the Cotisel website and click on. The- right. Or uh, if you go to conferences also, it's the first one in the drop down menu. Now, can they get access to all of this before they are a Cotisel member? Define access. Can they see what is going on with the international conference before they Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you can be a non-member and still attend the conference, but you do have to pay a little bit more. Cotisol members get a special discount. uh, So I highly recommend packaging together a Cotisol membership and a conference ticket because that'll get you the conference for the absolute lowest price. And I do want to point out too, we have one of the lowest priced conferences in ELT, but you're going to get a huge amount of value for your, well, I would say for your dollar, but I guess for your Korean won. That is true. Every conference I've gone to has uh, been 
well, well worthwhile. There's almost more than I can handle, uh, but it's always great <laughs> to go back again and, 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 and talking to people about what you did at the conference, what you saw at the conference, what you learned sort of, uh, you know, re, uh, re sticks that information. Uh, so that's, uh, uh, it's, I think that, I'm a, I kind of on that social bandwagon, socializing uh, with the people afterwards, like you did with your first conference and going, having dinner with them and then going out and having a drink with them. That sort of solidifies relationships and uh, um, and what you learned. Absolutely. And actually, a lot of people have said that one of the things they miss most about face-to-face conferences is those the hallway conversations and the socializing. So I do want to mention that As we have with previous conferences, we're going to have a Discord server set up for this conference, which will let participants interact with each other, interact with the presenters, and interact with some of the invited speakers. So that kind of takes the place of uh, the hallway conversations, but in some ways is better because you don't have to be in the same geographical area at the same time. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, to this year's international conference and uh, I don't know if it's too early to say congratulations on a great conference, but I just know it's going to be so. Well, thank you. I I know it will be too. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. And uh... Oh, can I input one more thing uh, before we finish? Uh, I would like to put out a call for Zoom hosts. Hmm. Because as we did with last year's international conference, rather than... Uh, spending a lot of Cotisol's money on Zoom rooms, we would like to have Cotisol members actually volunteer to host the Zoom rooms using their own personal Zoom accounts. If you would like to be a Zoom host, please get in touch with us and we will give you a 40% discount on the conference ticket. And again, this is only open to Cotisol members. Right. And reliable ones, please. We need people (laughs) who will open the room and uh, give a short little introduction for the speakers, but we'll let you choose which speakers and presenters you would like to host. It's a lot of fun hosting. I really enjoy that. And account me in. You do need to have your oh, own fantastic. account, your own Zoom account. That's the thing. Yeah. You do. Right. Right. It can be one of the free ones, but that limits you to doing shorter presentations only. Uh, right. If you have one of the one of the Zoom accounts that lets you host longer sessions, longer than that forty minute sessions, then we can assign you to different types of presentations, and you can choose, you know, a, from a broader range of topics and presentations. And right. if you uh, have that kind of account, so get in early, get your name in there, pick the ones that you want after March first, I guess. Well, we'll be putting uh, forth a call for Zoom hosts in the next few weeks, so you okay. can sign up as a Zoom host and uh, register for the discounted ticket. Okay. Thank you once again, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the conference. Thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you there too. And uh, as one of our Zoom hosts. Yes, I'll definitely do that again. I I love it. You have been listening to the Youngin Cotisol podcast featuring Lindsay Heron. Music for this episode's intro and outro was the song Rush Hour from the album Paper Planes by Joop van Rijn. For more information on dates and websites, check the show notes below. My name is is Greg Lewis. I hope you're having a great day. 
Bye for now.